If you have your Bible with you, would you please join me in the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter five, I'm going to read 20 verses, amen? Sometimes we have way too much words, not enough Bible. Mm, I wish I had a witness. If you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reading of the word of God? We're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 20, um, chapter five, the first 20 of the all 20 verses. Amen. Thank you again, worship team. Thank you for ushering our spirit into God's presence. Thank you. Amen. Hear now the word of God. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen, rather to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not to fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. Verse 8. If you see the poor oppressed in a district, and justice and rights denied. Do not be surprised at such things, for one official is eyed by the higher one, and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself profits from the field. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast his eyes on them? The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether he eats little or much. But the abundance of a rich man permits him no sleep. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the arm of its owner, or wealth lost to some misfortune, so that when he has a son, there's nothing left for him. Naked a man comes from his mother's womb, 
And as he comes, so he departs. It takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his hands. This, too, is a grievous evil. As a man comes, so he departs. And what does he gain since he toils for the wind? All his days he eats in darkness with great frustration, affliction, and anger. Then I realize that it is good and proper for all men to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy, be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of life, of his life, because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. The word of God is already blessed. You may be seated. I want to preach from the simple subject, stop stealing. Stop stealing. Your good old Haitians, one of the very way to offend any Haitian, your parents or yourself, since you got the 509 zip code in your blood, or as the Haitians say, the zoo, is to call a Haitian a thief. They would lose their religion and let you know what time it is. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Can, can, can you all hear me? Haitians don't be like to call thief. Maybe y'all to American, you may be comfortable with that, but Haitians don't like to be called thieves. Well, here in this chapter, as we continue our series on the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon is going to be teaching on wealth, on money. And I'm going to come to a moment to where I'm going to give you three warnings Three points for the sermon. I'm a Baptist preacher. Three-point sermon. Um, similar to the Bishop Clevens, I have sub-points in my points, but I have three points to share with you. But, but, but I want you to understand that as you're sitting here, as we are listening to what God has to tell us through this message, I want us to examine our lives to see where we fall under this there is a gentleman by the name of Bill Earl. He said this, when your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. You, you, you hear what I said? When your outgo, in other words, when you spend more than you bring in, trying to maintain that lifestyle, would be a downfall. Solomon was a very wealthy king. 
and he knew some about money. Solomon was the Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, um, what's the Twitter guy? You know, all of them combined did not have enough. Trump got none on Solomon. You know how Trump likes to say he's rich, rich, rich? Solomon was rich, and he never filed for bankruptcy. So he didn't have to brag about his wealth because God blessed him. So he now, he is talking to us, and he's sharing some wisdoms, and we can see some of the stuff here we find in the book of Proverbs, but now Solomon, including this, to his listener, and he's saying, <laughs> as he's talking about life under the sun, he cannot talk about life under the sun without talking about money. I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all know we are the generation we're chasing the bag. Hey, hey, listen, I, I, I'm not, I'm not against you having money. I'm not against you having money, but there's something that they say about money. Money is a good servant, but a terrible master. And, and, and as, as, as you guys are listening to this, and, and you guys are about to be in the prime of your life. Some of you graduating college, graduating, you know, uh, with your, with your bachelor's, and then you now done with grad school, and, and you getting those jobs, or you, you about to start the internships for, for your college, you know, you, 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 you're about, you're about to, to do the, do the thing. I want you to know that how you deal with money, your understanding with the proper place of wealth is important. Now, 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 now don't get me wrong. I know some people on social media... <laughs> It's all wealth, no God. Or some people, it's all God, no wealth. Well, listen, God is a God who owns everything. God is not against wealth. But what God is against is what wealth makes you do. Wealth makes you cheat and steal if you don't have the proper heart. Solomon takes the time, it took the time to talk about money and deals with how it impacts the, 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 the value of life. You know, because money and life, when you take, when you take a life and whatever impacts the life, if you don't value life, if something impacts the life more, if you care about something more than a life, then now you value that thing more than life. And, and see, what's the most important thing you can have is the breath of life. If you're still breathing, you are able to either be in God's will or you have enough time to get into God's will. But, but, but you can be rich all you want when you die. They're going to lay you here. Nice casket. Next time you go to a funeral, check to see how much money. As a matter of fact, yesterday, 
some dude stood up in here and said, flower is love. Love is God. Therefore, we give a lot of flowers. We put flowers in the casket for the dead to go with. I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to cut the mic on that guy, you know, uh, because flower ain't God. You know, you know the deduction, right? Flower is love. Love is God. Therefore, come on, come on now. Come on, come on. Y'all got to help me up in here. That, that ain't true. That's a mumbo jumbo Trump people say at funerals, but it, it ain't true. But see, when it comes to money, you may laugh about this, this, this joke with flower and, and all this stuff. But when it comes to money and wealth, it shows how much you value life, how much you value God, how much you value others, how much you value yourself. So, 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 so then I got three things to tell you. Number one, um, don't rob God. Don't. You say, oh, well, well, well. No, no, don't, don't, don't. Look at the first seven verses of chapter five. Um, Keep your Bible open. Solomon, in his days, Solomon was able to examine, look at what's happening in the courtyard. Look what's happening in the temple. Look what's happening, you know, in the highways and byways. He is the king after all. He builds all of this stuff. And Solomon is now, after examining the highways, the byways, how people behave in the marketplace, and now Solomon is observing how people behave in the temple, similar to when Jesus noticed the, 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 the poor women and how people were giving in church. Solomon is now observing what's taking place as people bring in their sacrifice, as people come to praise, as they come and, and, and see now, you guys understand when you come here, you come to worship God. You're with me? You come to worship God. And, and, and your worship is the highest thing you can give God. You are created to worship God. And, and worship it's not just with your lips, which some of you barely want to sing, and I'm glad that, 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 that we were able to stop the music for a moment and you sing the song. I know you guys love elevation worship. You know, I can hear the voice. I hear the tenors and sopranos. That's one part. You're singing and praise God. You lift up your hands. You shout. I know you're Baptist, but you still got to shout. I'm Baptist, so I shout. But, 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 but it takes a whole lot more than that. But, but see, now come to money, you know, we barely talked about giving here. But at, at the end of the service, it's going to be time for you to give. You give, you know, as they would say, electricity. God, salvation is free, but electricity is not cheap. But, but, but see, Solomon want to caution them about sacrifice. A way you, a way, one of the first ways that you cheat God or you rob God is by the way you offer your sacrifice. You're, you're with me? God's people don't have to offer animal like they used to in the Old Testament. 
because Jesus has fulfilled the sacrifice. But, but, but as the priest of God, we, as the priest of God, believers today, offer up sacrifices through him. Our bodies. The way that we present our bodies, that's a sacrifice to God. Watch, watch what it says. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Guard your steps. See, the important thing is that a worshiper ought to be more ready to listen than to offer sacrifices of idols. He says this, guard your steps, go near to listen rather than offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. In other words, don't come in. Come in with a clear conscience. With a, with a clear heart. And knowing that everything you are doing in God's house is part of your worship, is part of the sacrifice you offer to him. We offer God our bodies as a living sacrifice. We know this in Romans 12. When we share the gospel with other people, I know now people don't share the gospel because everybody's a Christian. But when you share the gospel with people, that's a sacrifice. Because you know why? Somebody may cuss you out because you tell them about Jesus. You may lose friends because you share Jesus. But that's a part of the sacrifice. Sacrifice that we don't do, it's that we don't give our tithe and offerings. Um, I, I, I share this. I remember I was making good money in my early 20s, but I wasn't tithing. I feel like I had a hole in my pocket. You know, I make money. So, you know, you, you have a brand new car, broke down for no reason. Everybody know what I'm talking about? You, you know what I mean? When you're trying to steal, when you're trying to steal from God, <laughs> God show you with a boss. So, when we go, what we offer as sacrifice. So, and, and that sacrifice is not just when you get here, but everything you do in preparation to getting here is for the sacrifice. Which means you can't. Watch all the things that you watch. You can't say all the things you say. You can't do all the things that you do. You, you and Bay gotta have some space in between us. We can't do Netflix and chill if I'm gonna worship God because when I come, the body that I, what I do on Saturday night, I can come here on Sunday morning and be like. So we have to watch this and then stop here. Another way, not only we rob God with, with the sacrifice that we offer, but secondly, with carelessness and our, with careless praying. I didn't make it up. Verse 2 and 3. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. Um, can, can I make this real quick? Yo, yo, anybody know, anybody have one of those testimonies? God, if she ain't, if I don't have no, y'all forget fill in the blank. 
I promise you I'll never do it again. Oh, I promise you, God, I will be in the choir. I'll come to every Bible study. I God, please. Okay, maybe, 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 maybe I wasn't born a pastor. Maybe that's only me. I can get no help. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You've done certain things and you know, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm done this time. And you, you come to church, you even come to Krila Minui. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, I, oh Lord, please. And, and you say all the, you make all those vows. All these promises, but you can't keep them. Prayer is serious business. Similar to a marriage, prayer ought not to be entered lightly. Because when you come to pray, understanding this, you now have an audience with the God who created the universe. I said this too bad too often. I don't care for past current presidents. I, I, I really don't. I like the black man because he was black man, but I don't like his policies. You, you, you understand? I don't care. If you get an audience before President Biden, you're going to go, you're going to have your talking points ready to go. You, you, you understand? If, 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 if President Biden was to say, you know what? I need you to come in and, and I, I can give you five minutes. And then in five minutes, whatever you told me about whatever you want me to do about Haiti, I'm going to do it. Man, you, 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 you're going to have every single word carefully written down, crafted, to address the leader of the free world. Um, Y'all remember Nehemiah, right? What did Nehemiah do? When, when they told Nehemiah what happened, Nehemiah went to the, you know, and the king saw Nehemiah's sad, like a good Haitian, and, and, and the king said, what, what's up with you? Said, so, well, King said, what do you want me to do? Nehemiah said, let me go and I'll get back to you. In other words, when you're going to be in God's presence, you have to think and ponder upon what you are saying to him, what you want him to do, what promises are you making to him? We are a generation that just, you know, words have no meaning. Everything shifts. Every other, you know, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's like what used to be this word, like last year means something else this year. And, and we have that same tendency when we get before God. When you pray, watch out for both hasty words and too many words. Matthew 6, 7 says, don't, don't go, some people, they have the diary of the mouth as they pray. Oh, as you know, it's almost like, and some people, because they want people to think they are spiritual, they palapil, meaningless words. It's like, it's like making noise. 
The secret of acceptable praying is a prepared heart. Because the mouth speaks what the heart contains. The Bible says this, from the abundance of the mouth, the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, you talk, you yapping yapper based on what's in your heart. Um, they, 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 they said this, this doesn't do, do apply to you all, but they said this, a drunk person is the most honest person you're going to meet. Because you know why? The alcohol, the alcohol makes sure that let them loose. And if somebody's drunk enough, if they got enough, if they tipsy enough, they're going to start telling you things you didn't even ask them for. They're like children. You know our kids? How are you? Well, I'm good. You need to know what's going on with, with somebody. Just talk to their kids. Their kids will tell you everything. Yeah, I mean, everything. They're going to tell you everything that you know. You'd be surprised how much information kids know. You know why? Kids have no self control. But you have self control. You have a heart that is prepared. So when you get before God, you do not pray to impress people, but you pray so that you know the God that you are praying can make a difference. Uh, um, John Bunyan wrote this in, in Pilgrim's Progress. In prayer, it's, it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. In other words, sometimes you come before God, you don't even have to utter too many words. I know sometimes we take, Baptists would take that too far. But sometimes you can sit there and, and you, you let your heart, you let your heart get right with God before you open your mouth and say things that are not, that you cannot commit to. God is not like an underwear. You get to change it whatever you want. The words that you make to God, you have to be committed. Let your yes be yes. Let your no's be no's. In verse 3, in verse 3 now, uh, um, he presents an analogy. Just as many dreams show that the person is sleeping, the, 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 the sleeping person is a hard worker, so many words show that the person praying is a fool. Um, they, they, they talk about uh, um, they talk about a prayer meeting in a church and this young man got up there and he prayed so eloquently with great length but no one sensed the power of God at work in the prayer. And there was one uneducated immigrant who stood and said, can I say a prayer in broken English? And he, says, he she, she the, 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 the immigrant said, said the prayer with a fervent heart that everybody 
said amen. Spurgeon said this, it is not the length of our prayers, but the strength of our prayers that makes the difference. Sometimes you need to go before God. You, 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 like Jacob, you say, I'm, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. But sometimes it's, Lord, help me. Y'all hey, should I be here? Um, let me give you this illustration before I move into my next point. They, 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 they talk about this, 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 um, you know, you guys are bougie Haitian, bougie Haitian. Um, this, this young lady, I, I may have shared this before. This young lady that was raised in the mountains, you know, in the Pétionville, whatever. Is Pétionville the mountain, right? Yeah, Pétionville. Um, her mother was a maid to some bougie people. They, they, they didn't have no kids. The bougie people didn't have no kids. So when the mom of the kids, the bougie people raised the young lady like, like theirs. Um, so she didn't speak no Creole. Because Zuzi people... Speak French. I'm looking at some up in here, you know. <laughs> they speak French. Um, and then this young lady went on to, be, to become a lawyer. Again, she married a doctor. Is French. <laughs> she got pregnant. The labor pain got so hard. <laughs> she started speaking Creole. Jesus of them and Creole because there's some stuff that we know. And I said this, you, 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 you know, to, to get you to laugh so I don't lose you in the sermon. But, but, but there's certain things, there's certain times we don't have time to be Heavenly Father. We come before Thee with that. No, no, no. It's like, God, help me. When you know what you're going through, when you see what life has to offer you, you ain't got no time for meaningless words. You ain't got no time for bougie and zizi and all that. No, you, you know you, you, there's a God who's with you. He's listening to you. You ain't got no time for all up in. Another way we rob God is that we don't keep our vows unto him. We make promises that we cannot keep. Verse 4 through 7, I'm not going to read it, but God did not require his people to make vows to him. God doesn't want you to make a vow to him. That's not a requirement. What God wants from you, what God wants from you is your heart. And if you say you're going to do something unto God, do it. You, you, you know how people have to beg you to come to worship now? People have to beg you to come to Night of Worship, which is this Friday, shameless plug. People have to beg you to come to Bible study, which is this Wednesday, you know, 7.30 p.m. But make a vow unto God and say, God, I am committed to serve you. Just as Jesus was committed to die for me on the cross. God does not require his people to make vow to him in order to be accepted by him. But the opportunity was there 
is there for you to express your devotion by what you do. How devoted are you to God? You know what God says? I don't care about offerings if you are not obedient. So, so we rob God. That's one. Number two, we rob others. Um, watch what Solomon says in verse 8 through 9, 8 and 9. If you see the poor oppressed, if, if you see the poor oppressed in a district, injustice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such thing. For one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself <laughs> profits from the field. Solomon now left the church where they're robbing God. He moves on to Washington, D.C., to City Hall. He moved on to Tallahassee. I was, I was going to say something else, but that's too, that's too political. Uh, let, me, let me stay with my script. Solomon now is talking about corrupt politician who's oppressing the poor. You know how the tax increase only goes for the poor people, but the rich don't pay no taxes? That's what he's talking about right here. You know how some people don't pay their taxes, but you and I, <laughs> I got my tax return from Pennsylvania. I got 18 bucks. Praise the Lord. 18 bucks. Some people don't pay nothing at all. And when we see this, I don't care what it is. As a Christian, you got to speak up. The government officials violated the law by using their authority to help themselves and not to serve others. The remarkable thing is that Solomon wrote, it says, don't be surprised by these things. Can I break the news for you, for those of you with the politics? Republican cheats, Democrat cheats, Republican lie, Democrat lies. Oh, independent, oh, that exists too? Yeah, independent. <laughs> um, have you noticed how our elected officials are more about their pockets and their friends than they are about people? In case you don't recognize this, Trump put Haitian uh, um, immigrants in cage, so did Biden. So go die for them, fool. Because they are all corrupt. And, and you, you see the, 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 there was a time, by the way, in Illinois, I think there are like four governors in the world that went to prison. You know why they all went to prison? Corruption. And if we are a country of law, some people should be in prison. 
But see, we know that's how they do. They rob others. But we who are the church of God cannot fall into the same pattern as they are. You cannot rob Peter to pay Paul. You cannot have that mentality, I don't care as long as it's about me, as long as it benefits me, I don't care what happened to the mass of the people. I'm unapologetically Haitian. I am poor immigration for Haitian. You understand what I'm saying? I am poor immigration for Haitian. I want my people who sacrificed their lives to come here, I want them to be treated like a human being. You Democrat, you want to do that? You got my vote. You Republican, you want to do that? You got my vote. I don't want people to have your parents, our mother, working but pay them less simply because of they are, they are Haitians. I don't want you to go to work because of your last name is funny and they pay you less. And anybody who supports that, the Bible says you are robbing others. And when we become too greedy, when we become too greedy, that's what happens. You know, sometimes you crush somebody to get what you want. Don't rob others. In church, let me bring it to your context. Just because you can sing better doesn't mean that you don't get somebody else to come and sing with you. Just because you can lead better doesn't mean you don't get somebody else to come and lead with you. Just because you can preach better doesn't mean you don't get somebody else to preach too. Just because you can teach better doesn't mean you can... Because at times we are robbing others... Because of our greed. And greed is not just about money. When you want the light to be just on you. Some people, they get somewhere, they, I'm here. You're robbing others. Oh, that wasn't my script, but Spirit just gave me this. I'm going to give it to you. Some of you, the way you rob others is one-up somebody else. Oh, that's a sin we need to confess. One-up. Everybody knows what one-up means, right? So somebody come in here, they, they look here in a little outfit today and all that stuff, and, and people give them compliments and they be like, mm. then all of a sudden they be like, well, I gave her that outfit. That's one-up. You, you, you know, I, I said this to the, to the, to the Creole congregation. Um, some, some, sometimes, you know, somebody were, you know, like some, you bought, you bought a dress and that person just came from the, you know, straight off the boat and they got, they got, they don't have much, but you give it to them and then all of a sudden, like, the dress or the suit fits them better, you know. They almost as, as Shelby as I am. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you missed that. Um, and then, and then, so now they, they, they wearing that suit or that dress and people are like, ooh, Brother Eli, you look good. Sister so and so, you look good. And he was like, Well, when people give you the other couple of people say, Oh, let me take a picture with you. You know how redemptions do it. And they be like, Well, mm, I was the one who gave him that suit. That's one up. Because some of us, we just can't be satisfied if the light slightly moved towards somebody else. 
Okay, I'll come back to my manuscript. So there's a danger we have to face in that. Now, now, you said, I said, stop cheating God or stop stealing from God. And we see that we rob God. We see that we rob others. But guess what? You rob yourself. The last 10 verses, that's what it is. Um, let me quickly give it to you. My time is up. In chapter 2 of the, of the book, Solomon discussed the futility of wealth. And some of those ideas are here again. And, and, and there, there are a few things here I want you to get. In verse 10, um, you rob yourself when you think that wealth brings satisfaction. Um, some people think, if I got money, 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 I'm going to be happy. <laughs> um, Breaking news, CNN, um, facts alert, facts news. <laughs> no, you ain't. You're not going to be happy. Um, Biggest Smalls, the, the, the great prophet from Brooklyn, says this, more money. Money does not bring satisfaction. Some people treat money as, as if it were God. They love it, they make sacrifice for it, and think that it can do anything. Their minds are filled with thoughts about it. Their lives are controlled by getting it. Get the bag, chase the bag, and they do whatever it takes to keep it. And when they have it, they, 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 they think they're going to have security. What faith in the Lord does for a Christian money appears to do for unbelievers. But I often, we hear people say, well, money may not be the number one thing in my life, <laughs> but it's ahead of whatever number two is. Some people said money is, money is not it, but they behave as if money is it. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money is a wood of all evil. People sell drugs. Why? Love of money. People kill people. Why? For money. People lie about people. Why? People slander people. Why? Because when people love money, They'll do anything. And, 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 and when you do anything, you do anything to keep it. You do anything to guard your money. Person who loves money cannot be satisfied no matter how much of it they have in the bank or on the mattress or on the wall. Wherever you keep the money. Uh, watch this. Verse 11 says this. Um, we rob ourselves when we believe that money solves every problem. Money does not solve every problem. Ask Steve Jobs. Ask Robin Williams. Was it, what was the lady, with the, 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 the shoe designer? Kate Spade, whatever? Yeah, ask her. 
Money does not solve every problem. Money is not a cure-all. It's a sad thing when we make the created things become the Savior. It's a sad, it's, it's a sad commentary on our lives when the, the things that, that was created for us to use become the things that use us. It's a sad commentary. John Wesley said this, um, make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. You guys see what it says? Make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Um, yesterday, I was, I was in my office, and I was reading this, um, the, the, this illustration of this, this article, and I, and I saw this, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to remember the name of, of the family, but there was uh, 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 six kids, um, five girls, one guy, and in the early 1900, late 1800, 1900, somewhere in New York, the parents died and left them a lot of money. The brother convinced four of his sisters to never get married so that they don't share the money. They, they lived, he never got married either. Only one of them kind of escaped and got married. They lived, and uh, they, they, they have one house, they all live in it, and they hoard the money so much that, that, that they, they, they don't buy anything. When one of the sisters died, she only had one dress. It was a dress that she handmade herself. Money does not solve every problem, nor does it bring any satisfaction. Uh, uh, nor does it bring satisfaction. Guess what? Verse twelve says this: wealth does not bring a peace of mind. We think money, we think wealth is going to give you peace of mind. It says this: the sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the but the abundance of a rich man permits him no sleep. In, in other words, if you work an honest day of work and you live within your means, I don't care if you live in Parkland or Coral Springs or Pompano or North Adderdale. If you live within your means, when you go to bed, you're going to sleep. Oh, but it won't flee. You're going to snore because you live within your means and you make what you can, you, 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 you use what you can make. That's a peace of mind. But those people who are chasing money, um, uh, um, Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie from, from, from Pennsylvania, from you know, Pittsburgh, there, there, there's a university after, named after him. He said he was one of the I, th I think he might have been the first billionaire in America. He was really, really wealthy. And then he had so much money, and then, but, but he was trying to kind of hoard the money. He couldn't sleep. In his 50s, he started to give and not hoard the money. And he realizes that by him giving, 
by him become charitable, he was able to get his sleep back. You, 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 you hear a lot of rich people said they don't sleep. Last night, you went to bed. You snore like a baby. But here's the good news. You are richer than those people who have billions of dollars. Because, now, if you become a billionaire, remember this, God is above your money. Your peace of mind has to do with who God provides, who, who, who God is. Wealth cannot provide security, verse 13 through 17. A lot of people find security in what they have. Um, some of these people, they have to have security. You know, they have to have all that stuff, security guards and all that stuff. They can't just go down the street by themselves. But money does not bring security. Think about this. You guys Haitians, your parents do the Haitian news. The rich people in Haiti, do they have security really? They have peace of mind? Nope. You know why I can't go to Haiti? Because I'm on YouTube. If I go, they're going to kidnap me thinking I have money. I ain't got no money. I got Jesus, but I ain't got no money. Um, so now you say, Pastor Perry, you said we don't cheat, don't, don't, don't steal, stop stealing. We, 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 we don't rob God, don't rob others, don't rob yourself. So you say, well, well, Pastor Perry, nice little speech this morning. Um, what, what do I do with this? My favorite verse in the Bible, Matthew 6, 33. That's the application. Matthew 6.33. It's up there, isn't it? What does it say? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. You guys know what all these things is? All these things. You want to be rich? Seek God. You want to be wealthy? Seek God. You want to be successful? Seek God. You want to be famous? Seek God. Whatever it is, seek God. I believe it's, it's, it's um, Israel Utten that says, your presence is heaven to me. I want you guys to really examine yourself. Have you been cheating God? Have you been cheating others? Have you been cheating yourself? Because I guarantee you, if you have God's presence, wherever you go, you'll be successful. If you have God with you, he'll provide for you no matter where you are. Trust me, I'm a living testimony. Don't cheat God. I said to you in the beginning that your outgo, if it exceeds your income, you're going to have a hard time to cover your lifestyle. But here's what I want you to know. 
as we go back to Matthew 6.33, I want you to think about life's equation. Where is God in that life? God equals everything else. If you put God first, he'll put you first. In the job that you want, in the job that you need, he'll get you there. The graduation that you need, he'll take place. The favor that you are seeking, you'll find it. But don't rob God. Dedicate your life to worship him. To worship him, not just on Sundays. Dedicate your life to study his word. Put him first. And your education, put him first. And your relationship, put him first. And your finances, put him first. And your friendship, put him first. And everything you can think of, put God first. And see if he will not. You won't have to oppress others. And you won't have to be miserable about it. People who oppress other people, they are miserable people. Because they have a conscience that tells them. Would you seek God first today? Would you put him first? Don't steal him. Don't steal from him. God bless you.